The tapping began again last night, and once again I found myself wandering around the darkened rooms of the house in search of its origin. This time the sound seemed to come from above, and was at its clearest at the foot of the long flight of windowless stairs leading up into the attic. Step by step I made my way up, the tapping echoing louder and louder within my head. Then I was standing, one hand upon the door handle at the top of the stairs. My heart pounded furiously. I flung open the door, and there in front of me was a figure so terrible that I can hardly bear to recall it. The skin so white it appeared to radiate light, the black hair matted and dishevelled, but the face, the face had no features at all. I turned and ran, ran as fast as I could out of the house. Somehow my fumbling fingers were able to find the door of my car, and I drove, just drove frantically into the night as fast as I could until I arrived here. I see, and uh, uh, that's why you were doing 80 in a 30-mile-an-hour zone, was it, sir? Yes, that's right, officer. After a strange experience in a crop circle, Jenny Stalagmite from Luton has begun entering a strange trance-like state in which she draws complex, swirling patterns of interlocking circles and lines. She now works for Wiltshire Council, designing one-way systems. We are sorry to report the death of Brian Department, inventor of the famous Jenga wooden block game. He was killed when the 28th story of his home collapsed during renovation work. William Payment of Hartlepool reports that his life is being ruined by the appearance of unaccountable water spills all over his house. The amateur plumber lives alone with his incontinent dog and 200 pot plants that his elderly mother looks after while he's out at work. He's now firmly of the opinion that we are not alone. Hello, madam. Can I help you? Yes, I'm thinking of buying a spaceship. Certainly. Is it for commuting? Long distance? Uh, long distance. I plan to visit planet Earth. Thought I'd join in the whole UFO thing. Ah, they call them UAPs now. What's the difference? With a UAP, you get a free bus pass. Anyway, you've come to the right place. Will you be using it for abducting? Only, it helps to have a five-door for ease of access. No, I'm really only a sightseer. Our most popular model is the Mark V saucer here. It's a bit retro, isn't it? Well, the designs do strangely tend to reflect the popular culture of Earth at the time. The door merges seamlessly with the walls, the estate version has an extra lump on top, and there's a very bright light that comes out of the bottom. What's that for? Shining, really. No, I don't want to be mistaken for a lampshade. What's that one? This is your standard cigar-shaped craft. Very nippy. Good acceleration. Can accelerate off out of view in under four seconds. And it has a little light at each end as standard. Nice touch. See and be seen. Not a lot of space inside, though. You sacrifice that with the sports model. Oh, I like this one. The triangular-shaped craft. Yes, that is becoming increasingly popular now. A light at each corner, obviously. Very attention-grabbing. A bit too brutalist, maybe. And then there's your abstract glowing ball of light that randomly changes direction. Nice. Yes, although it is a bugger to park. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents 4D Man. Who shall I say called? Derek's the name. Derek David Daniel Donovan. The End. Space. 
for hundreds of years, mankind has looked up at the stars and thought to himself, how do I get up there then? And what should I pack? In this, the age of the rocket, the answer is finally upon us. But what lies in wait as we take our first tentative steps outside our atmosphere? And is it something nice, like a large cake or a friendly dog? I expect so. We Are Not Alone presents The Smith Experiment. Hello, Brockhurst Police Station. Hello, I'm calling to report a crashed space rocket. I see, I see. Sarge, Sarge, we've got another one. Yes, I saw a light in the sky over Dunwich. Just a minute, sir. Light in the sky, you say? Uh, yes, and it was a space rocket. On the way out of the pub, were you? Yes, with my wife. How did you know? Just a guess, sir. Anyway, this rocket, it came down in a field. Crashed in a field, did it, sir? Yes. And did you see where it landed? Yes, on top of my wife. I see, sir. Well, we'll be right there. But I haven't told you where we are. Oh, dear, dear. They're all out tonight, aren't they, Sarge? I mean, would you believe it? That's the 13th report of a crashed rocket I've had this evening. Flaming drunks, eh? Hello, Brockers Police Station. Hello, I'm after your lost property department. This is Professor Eileen Smith of the British Astrophysics Association. We seem to have lost a space rocket. I don't suppose anyone's handed it in. Notebook of Inspector Blake, Brockhampton CID. The case of the missing rocket. It crossed out. The case of the located rocket. Professor Smith first alerted us to the loss of rocket with contents three spacefaring gentlemen at 2am on Sunday morning. After an extensive search, the rocket was located at 2.40am in a field adjacent to the police station. In front of us was a scene of devastation. Rocket fuel burning in pools, smashed and broken pieces of metal and brick and glass from surrounding buildings. Sergeant, look around for signs of a stroll. Sir? Cause for alarm. This is a routine rocket crash. Please return to your home. And get me Professor Smith. I'm here. Ah, there you are. So you say you've lost a rocket? Yes. Good. And uh, is this your rocket? It is. Right. I need to know what's in this rocket. Is it radioactive? Is it going to explode? Is it contagious? Can I eat it? Yes, no, no, no. And should it be sticking out of the ground like that? No. Right. Now get it out of here, and next time get a permit before you do whatever the hell it is you're doing. I don't think you understand, Inspector. This rocket is part of an experiment. It's the first human object to have travelled into outer space. I don't care if this rocket's been to outer space. That's what you said, isn't it? In that case, I don't care if it's been up your bottom. It hasn't been in your bottom, has it? No, good. Because I could probably arrest you for that. Inspector, the experiment went wrong. We lost contact with the rocket 1,500 miles from Earth. From the radio messages received, we believe the rocket was attacked by something. Or someone. No, something. Or someone. No, something. Now, I need to know whether any of my astronauts survived the accident and get them out of there as quickly as possible. And I need you to help me to do it. Or someone. Sergeant... Get forensics down here. Search the field for fingerprints. I've seen Silent Witness, sir. They only do cases with which they're somehow tangentially involved. Damn it. Hang on a moment. Are you a woman, Sergeant? Yes, sir. Then get back to the station and change. What the hell do you think you're playing at? Now, Smith, I'm almost certain some kind of crime has been committed here and I won't rest until I figure out what it is. Didn't that other man used to run this project? Professor... Quater? We don't speak of him. No, why not? Copyright reasons, mainly. Now, we need to get the rocket open. 
But be careful. That rocket is probably in excess of a hundred degrees. Nonsense! It's nearly upright. Did you hear that? It came from inside the rocket. Clangs. Clangers! Now, if I'm not mistaken, Professor, they originate from the moon. Now, you said this rocket had been into space. I'm no scientist, but that's nowhere near the moon. Are you being entirely straight with me? There's someone still alive in there. We must get him out before it's too late. Now we have you cornered, Count. Now watch, my apprentice, as I take the stake and drive it into the chest with the aid of the mallet, like so. You must hold it firmly. It is important it is held in place. There, now. How does that feel, hey? Ah, <coughs> oh, yes, that's much better. Who would have thought acupuncture was the answer for my sore throat? Well, I've got to admit, it doesn't look good for this space expedition. We're close to running out of fuel, and, and Roger just marooned on the outside of the spaceship, and in serious danger of drifting off. Well, I think that's unfair, sir. He's never fallen asleep on duty before. Perhaps if we had played some music to him over the intercom, sir. No, Charles, I mean drifting off into space. I think that man needs a rocket putting under him. What, disciplinary, you mean, well, sir? It's a little harsh, sir. No, I mean needs a rocket to get back to the ship. After all, he's at the end of a very fine well, night. I think you're being very critical of him. He's been working in a vacuum for the last few days. Are you criticising my communication skills, Jenkins? It's not easy being a commander on a long space flight with no contact with the Earth at all, you know. Now, I know we're all a little low. Oh, yes, sir. Our orbit is decaying, sir. We're, we're getting very close to the surface of Uranus. At the moment, we're over the moon. Well, I didn't think morale was that good. Jenkins, I'm the commander here. You need to keep your feet on the ground. That's really not possible in zero gravity, sir. Charles, you're flying low. Oh, sorry, sir. It must be from when I went to the toilet earlier. Don't you know there's a ring of debris around Uranus? I'm fairly sure I wiped thoroughly, sir. Pull up, man. Pull up. Uh, yes, sir. I'm afraid these spacesuit trousers are a little on the loose side. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents The Man with the X-Ray Eyes. Oh, darling. You can see again. That's marvellous. Yes. We were lucky the transplant worked so well. We owe our thanks to poor Ray. The End. Notebook of Inspector Blake. The case of the missing rocket. Uh, crossed out. Located rocket crossed out, missing astronauts. When Professor Smith managed to open the rocket, we found inside only one of the three astronauts remaining, the other two apparently having vanished without a trace. A fairly standard locked room puzzle for His Majesty's police force. So some of my best officers checked the rocket for trap doors and secret passages, all to no avail. As there is only one suspect, the case remains relatively simple. The rescued astronaut, Major Tom Foley, unfortunately is traumatised by whatever happened up there in space and simply mutters meaningless phrases. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Are you this man's wife? I am Mrs Foley, yes. I see. Take a good look at him. The rolling eyes, the pale sweating skin, the incoherent jabbering. Do you notice anything unusual? He looks perfectly normal to me. Hold on, what's that on his arm? A wristwatch. He didn't used to wear a watch. And what's that horrible pulsating mass next to it? It looks like a burn. Nurse, get a sample. Did you want the whole hand or just a slice? I'm floating in a most peculiar way. Just a small piece, please, Nurse. There are also irregularities with Tom's heartbeat. It goes boom diddy boom diddy boom diddy boom diddy boom diddy boom. Goodness gracious me. No, I, I think he's ready to come home. Aren't you, Tom? Tell the man that everything's fine. Your circuit's dead. There's something wrong. There you are, you see? I'm afraid it's too early to let him out, Mrs Foley. He's clearly heavily traumatised. Inspector Blake, 
We have the results back from the rocket. Thank you, Sergeant. I thought I told you to change. Yes, but it's too confusing for the children, sir. I see. It's lonely out in space. We found a strange organic jelly-like substance in the rocket. Forensics say it's the dead remnants of cell tissue from two human beings and have constructed two life-size waxwork models of the people concerned. Now bring them in, Constable. I'm a rocket man. As you can see, there are... As you can see... They have had a bit of a problem getting lifelike skin textures. They think that further research is required, and the tattoos and body piercings are largely conjectural. Good heavens! Those are my two astronauts! A shout, but no one seems to hear. I see. Well, in that case, it just remains for me to charge you with the murder of two men. I'm taking you into police custody. What do you have to say to that? I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. We've received a number of stories from people about their childhood imaginary friends. Peter Silhouette tells us that his has been a lifelong companion and is now his squash partner and leader of the Labour Party. While excavating the ground for a new extension, Brian Crater of Badersley Enza claims to have uncovered the lost city of Atlantis in his back garden. Although previously thought to have been in the Mediterranean, Brian believes the reference to the Pillars of Hercules refer not to the island of Gibraltar, but to his wife's legs. George Arlington writes to us from his hospital bed. He was haunted by a series of prophetic dreams that indicated that money was coming his way, until on Friday, June the 4th, he was knocked down by an armoured car. Mr Mallory? Hello. You must be Christopher. Do come in. Sally's just getting ready. I'm sure she won't be a moment. Oh, she, she didn't mention what you do for a living. Oh, I, I work in electricity. Oh, I see. Doing what, exactly? I'm an electron. An electron? Yes, it, it's mainly fetching and carrying... I go around the power lines in the area. I, I was too short to get into the Air Force. I see. Uh, may I ask you how you intend to support my daughter uh, as an electron? I hadn't thought about it. No, I don't suppose you have. I'm hoping one day to get into television. And what do you think qualifies you for that? It's my field. Sally is very special to us. Oh, she's special? Sally's always had this tremendous positive energy. I think that's what attracted me to her in the first place. Look, I don't want to appear snobbish, Christopher, but as an electron, you're, you're aware you're a product of beta decay, whereas my daughter has an atomic number. I mean, she's an alpha particle, you know. We're very proud of her. But I'm in orbit around her. It's not going to happen. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, but an alpha particle and an electron, well, that's helium. It'd be completely inert. I mean, there's no possibility of children, not to mention you'd be tasteless. But we're in love. I don't think you thought this through. Helium. What'll happen to you? I mean, you're going to end up in some party balloon or being inhaled by some teenager at a drunken party for a laugh. We could go into airships or, or rocket coolant. Cryogenics? Cryogenics? Cryogenics is cool. I'm sorry, Christopher, but I mean, Sally won't be coming out with you tonight. What? Well, that's all there is to it. Now, good night. I don't believe it. This is the 1950s, you know. Bloody poloniums. They warn me you are toxic. I hope you decay. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents Journey to the Seventh Planet. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? Yes, we're here. The end. Hello, dear. Can I help you? Hello. Nice shop you've got here. Very nice. You're new round here, aren't you? Yes, yes, dear. Just opened. Are you interested in antique china? Me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm quite partial to a bit of china. Isn't that right, Alfie? Yes, boss. Only I was thinking, wouldn't it be terrible if there was an accident? What, 
What sort of accident? You know, an accident. Alfie, wouldn't that be terrible? I went before I came out this time, boss. No, not that sort of accident. Alfie, you know, accidents do happen. What? Slip and break my ankle? Accidental damage, Alfie. Oh, yes, boss. I might spill something. Yeah, spill something. Wouldn't it be terrible if something got spilt? Some milk. Or worse. Yeah. Like... Red wine. Blood. No, not really. Blood comes out with a spot of salt water, dear. Don't you feel the need for any protection? We always make sure we've got protection, don't we, Alfie? In my wallet, boss. Yeah, making sure you've got someone looking after your interests. Oh, I have, dear. Magnum 44. The most powerful handgun in the world, dear. That and three million quid public liability insurance. I see. Well, you seem to have most things covered. I could take you both out and have change to cover the redecorating, dear. We'll be on our way. Mind your head on the way out. Uh, We will be around, just in case of any little accidents. Knock yourself out. Notebook of Inspector Blake. The case of the missing rocket. Crossed out. Located rocket. Crossed out. Missing astronauts. Crossed out. Rocket murders. Call received from Professor Smith at 5am, reporting that Major Tom Foley had escaped from police custody. It appears Mrs Foley broke into the lab, aided by a private detective, whose dehydrated body was found at the scene. How are we doing on the cause of death? All liquids have been extracted from his body. It's as though he's been mummified, sir. Time of death? I'm guessing ancient Egypt, sir. Right, so put the call out. We're looking for a 3,000-year-old man to help with our inquiries. Blake, we think that Foley may have been taken over by some form of space-borne bacteria. The samples taken from his hand have grown of their own accord and absorbed a number of rats in the lab. They've taken on the characteristics of the rats and are now running an estate agency in Lowestoft. Well, like all living things, he'll be looking for food. I suggest we try the shops. And now he's going shopping. Has anything else gone missing? A cactus from the lab. Then we're dealing with a prickly customer. Before we go, Inspector. What's that? Well, there is one other thing on Earth that his behaviour is starting to resemble. The wanton destruction of property, the absorption of fluids, the disrespect of women. Is it possible he could be turning into a young conservative? That's too terrible to contemplate. Come on. There is no cause for alarm. This is a routine alien escape. Please return. Oh, hello, sir. Welcome to the evidence based pharmacy. Can I help you? (coughs) Oh, I see, sir. Is it something to do with your arm? Oh, yes, that looks sore. Well, we have a special offer on painkillers. You can have three for the price of two, or you can buy four and qualify for buy one, get one free. Alternatively, there's a 20% discount, and with our buy any three and get the cheapest free deal on our own brand, you can subtract the number you first thought of and try your chances on our four-to-one odds-on accumulator, where you get a 20% chance of further 40% discount, but a 10% risk of only a 5% discount. Morphine. Oh, I'm afraid that's only available by prescription over the counter. Although we do have our special own brand under the counter range. Orphine May, Ocane Clay, or perhaps I can interest you in a little Acre. Private. Private. Oh, I'm sure that's not necessary, sir. I don't need to be see... Well, goodness me. Hold it right there, Foley. Uh, no, that's not what I meant. Private. Private eyes. After him, Sergeant. He's heading into the city. This thing is disgusting. Are you all right, madam? I think so, yes. He just gave me a flash of his cactus. You've had a very narrow escape, madam. Really? I thought I was about to sell a large jar of ointment. Hello, Mrs Hillman, isn't it? Yes, Doctor. Excellent. Well, as you know, the surgery we are going to perform today is something of an innovation. We are going to do keyhole surgery. You should find that you're in less pain afterwards and that you recover far faster. In here, is it? Right. Where can I plug the drill in? 
Who's that man? Him? Oh, he's the carpenter. He's the one who's going to install the keyhole for us. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents The People That Time Forgot. Excuse me, we've been waiting here for hours. I'm so sorry. Dr. Time will see you now. The end. Welcome to Teach Yourself Personal Efficiency, record number one. In this series of talks, we'll be looking at that word efficiency and what to do about it. We British have a reputation for muddling through and making the best of things. After all, the whole concept of efficiency is a bit slick and superficial. Well, I'm here to tell you differently. This is based on two fundamental principles, good health and right thinking. First, we'll be looking at good health. Let us look at the human physique, and here is our volunteer, who we shall call Mr A. Oh, what did you have to go and tell my real name for? Uh, very well, Mr B. That's better. Let's assume you've been careful in your choice of parents, and that generally speaking you're in good health and not some kind of cripple. Secondly, let's assume that you're a man. Otherwise, frankly, I'm out of my depth. Let's look at the mouth. Open wide. Now, the first thing that's obvious is that you need to stop smoking. What? Well, what for? You're blowing smoke in my face. Oh, sorry. Now, open wide. The mouth is of considerable importance in modern medicine. Consider this story concerning a friend of mine, whose personal story I have somehow managed to weave into a life philosophy. He was suffering from pains in the liver. His doctor advised him to see a dentist. The dentist took out all his teeth. Within six months, he was dead. The message here is to brush morning and night and don't trust anyone. One can compare the human body to a car. It's subject to wear and tear and needs frequent inspections and overhauls. It can run sweetly for years and then suffer a breakdown where the garage completely refuses to accept its responsibility to fix the gearbox even though it was clearly faulty from the outset and nothing to do with how I use the clutch pedal. Also of major importance is air. You can think of it as the breath of life. That's because it is the breath of life. I expect you think we should take just as much air as we need and that's that. Well, you would be wrong. I expect you'd be slightly surprised if you knew just how infrequently our lungs are filled with air. Let's cut the cackle and try it now. Take a deep breath. As deep as you can. Then try and breathe in a little more. And a little more. Now, hold it there. Hold it. Hold it. Now, you notice how the edge of your vision is beginning to go black? Excellent. Well, we'll cover breathing out in the next lesson. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents... Quatermass and the Pit. Hello, my name is Professor Where did that come from? The end. Notebook of Inspector Blake. The case of the missing rocket. Uh, crossed out. Located rocket. Crossed out. Missing astronauts. Crossed out. Rocket murders. Crossed out. Horrible mutating thing. The thing in the laboratory, having escaped and murdered a private detective, stopped off at the zoo where it absorbed two penguins, a Kit Kat and a hot dog. Fortunately, it didn't find any of the animals. And then it broke into a primary school where it absorbed two apples, a candy and a cherry. All tragically with the children of notable celebrities. We followed the trail of devastation and horrified reports of witnesses. The creature was variably described as shapeless, evil, leaving a trail like a slug and a dead ringer for Piers Morgan. Finally, based on its continued mindless repetition of the word privatise, we tracked him down to the Houses of Parliament. There is no cause for alarm. This is a routine alien invasion. Please return to your home. Inspector, it's in the House of Commons, leaning on one of the dispatch boxes. Based on the behaviour of our lab samples, after the wanton destruction and consuming fluids, I'm concerned it will go into its reproductive phase. Coincidentally, this is also the same as Young Conservative. But there's only one of them. 
How can it reproduce? It reproduces by itself. Disgusting. Disgusting! Uh, No, I don't think you understand. If this thing releases spores, then the wind will carry them across London. Every man and beast between here and South End will be infected before sunrise and turn into a similar creature. Once that happens, no living thing on Earth will be able to stop it. How about an elephant? No living thing. Or if we get enough cats together somehow. No, Inspector. Or a really bright panda. No, Inspector. No, there's only one way now. I'm going in to talk to it. Good idea. Or it's death. Hello? I know you can hear me. I'm talking to you, Foley. I know you're in there somewhere. I know you can understand me. I'm talking to what little of you is left in there that recognises what it is to be a human being, but also what it is to be rational. You're a scientist. You understand how important humour endeavour is, how we have struggled for hundreds, thousands of years to reach this small level of competence, to reach out, to investigate the universe. In a little under 20 minutes, if you allow the reproductive cycle of this creature to complete, all that will be ended. All our efforts will be destroyed. The whole southeast of England will become a stronghold for these creatures. Every school, every hospital, every railway station from here to the coast. Your wife, your children, all will be destroyed. The town of Southend-on-Sea. Actually, don't think about that. But all mankind's achievements will count for nothing. We'll be reduced back to being warring creatures in primordial soup. And so, I'm asking you if you can hear me. End this now. Destroy this creature before it's too late. Blake, I think we've done it. The monster is tearing itself apart in an enormous fountain of goo. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. Forgot to mention it would be nice if you gave me time to get out of the way first. Sick. Sick. That's just so disgusting. So the next time you're visited by a man with a strange lump on his arm who apparently just wants to borrow some morphine and do a spot of reproduction in your house, remember to exercise caution before letting him into your home, because we are not alone. We Are Not Alone was brought to you by Timothy Hounson, Alice Cubbin, Lisa Walsh, John Thrower, and the man who needs no further introduction, Matthew Nation. It was written by John Thrower, with additional material by Matt Nation and contributions from the cast. The show was edited by Nathan Rowe. Music and the We Are Not Alone theme is by Andrew Webb, and the track Ghost Apocalypse 1 is by Kevin MacLeod. For a full set of credits and attributions, visit our webpage at www.wearenotalone.co.uk. We are also available for virtual stalking via Facebook and Twitter. Ten Second Movie Theatre presents The End of Everything.